and we are live. Great. That's we did good it. stuff. Hooray. Nice. How's it going? How you been? I haven't uh, talked to you in like two weeks. Uh, I've been doing all right. Uh, just getting ready for PAX West, which is next week. Right on. I'm assuming you got a panel. Yep. Throwing controllers is on Friday afternoon or afternoon slash evening. I think it's like five o'clock. Cool. Are you doing anything besides the usual throne controllers, that more is panels? or actually it, which is nice, which means first day it's out of the way. The rest of the con is mine to enjoy. By okay. which I mean I will be sitting in the classic console room for the rest of the weekend. Uh, I'm here. I'm Sean seeing people in the chat are muted. saying that I am muted. You should not be. Weird. You literally should not be. <laughs> you can hear me. Yeah. Um, the audio version will sound just fine. They are right, though. Okay, so why is that happening? Uh-oh. Oh, I know why that's happening. Give me one sec. Okay. Hold on, people. They do also mention that Paul is muted, so if you could <laughs> just go ahead and fix that as well. Fuck off. Uh... Yeah, so that was my mistake because last night I changed my microphone settings because I had a friend over when we streamed. So we okay. uh, my my Discord settings were changed. So now they should be able to hear you. Okay, great. Yep, there hey, we go. Um, I'm I'm here, and I, you guys missed out on some great jokes. Yep, he some told really so stuff. many jokes. I laughed so much. Yeah, I was it was pretty good. But those are just for the audio listeners, I guess. Um, I, oh, so no signings, no nothing, just the panel. No signings. I mean, people will probably uh, ask us like right after the panel to sign stuff, anyways, but. No official autograph session or anything. It's like just a formal the, come, he's going to be here at this time kind yeah, of thing. It's just like show up. Anyone who's there, we'll, we'll chat with them after. And that's about it. Nice and relaxing. Right on. Cool. Cool. That'll be fun. Uh, the following week, I'm going to be in Germany. I'm excited Ooh, about that. Ooh, that sounds awesome. That'll be a really fun trip. Yeah. Um, so about, what, about a week, six days of work left, and then I'm on vacation. That'll be a good time. What are you going to do over there? Do you have like a, um, an itinerary at all or? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we're landing in Paris and then, and then we're immediately taking a train all the way to the East border. Okay. Uh, then we're hanging around, st- staying in Paris for a few days. We're going to these little like picturesque towns that I guess like Beauty and the Beast was based on. So these like storybook looking little gorgeous villages and towns and whatnot. Okay. Uh, then we cross the border into Germany and then we hang out in the black forest for a while, going to see some castles and some waterfalls uh, more little small towns as we wake our, make, make our way up to Frankfurt, which is like the only big city we'll spend any kind of time in, uh, spend a day or two there. Then we go West in, into Luxembourg, uh, check out that country, really small. So we'll probably be able to see like a good portion of it in the couple of days we're there and then back to Paris for the flight home. Man, that is actually way more than I expected. I I was figured you were gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna go see some sites. Didn't I think think you literally had an itinerary? <laughs> no, well, we, I mean, we had to book all of our Airbnbs and our our travel cars, and I, and I'm a when I go on trips, I'm not like a relax, just hang out on a beach or something like a relaxing holiday. I like to see as much as possible, cram as many things as I can in there. So it'll be yeah, it'll be a packed ten days for myself. Nice. Hope you have fun with that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Paul's not here, in case you haven't picked up on that. Nope. Uh, 
he's with family or something. I'm not sure. I wasn't here last week. How did last week's show go? Last week's show went great. Great. Glad to hear it. That's good. It was great. We totally forgot that <clears throat> we hadn't picked games for the next Patreon poll yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't picked them yet. Yeah, well, no, we, 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 we got to do that soon. <laughs> we do. That's true. Um, in fact, we might. I might need them for tomorrow. I think you do, actually, it. which is why I said that. Right. Yeah. Hopefully it's on the switch so I can play it while I'm gone. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not playing it as much as I should. Top down perspective podcast time. That's right. Yeah, let's do it. Um, August 22nd. I'm Sean Booker. I'm John Wheeler. Paul Fleck isn't here today. Yeah, accurate. Uh, John, what have you been playing? Uh, I haven't been playing much of my free time. There's just one game I've been working through right now, and it's called. I actually have to keep double checking the name. It is Picto Quest, the Cursed Grids. This is a uh, Picross RPG. Is this the one that I posted in our like group chat? Like, yes. Hey, another Picross games out. Yeah, the one that's on that was on sale at the time. Right. Had so, you known about it beforehand? Never heard of it. Okay. So I well, picked how it up. is it? Because I had never heard of it either. I was just I don't even remember why I came across it, but I was like, hey, more Picross. It's a it's a Picross game, but it's also an RPG. Well, sort of. So you have a you have a health meter and you have uh, enemies you have to battle. Okay. So the way you fight enemies is that you, whenever you clear a row correctly, you do damage to them. Uh, each enemy you okay. have in your in your combat has an ATB meter, and when it fills up, you you get attacked. Uh, enemies can either take away half a heart damage, they can miss, or they can get a critical and do a full heart's worth of damage. You start with three hearts. Can you block or anything or dodge? Mm, you they they can miss sometimes. There's no control over that. Uh, so all you can do is attack or not attack. Uh, you can use items as well. Oh, okay. So the, does that have anything to do with the actual Picross, or is it just use an item it, off it's the side? Literal items that you bring into combat with you. Okay. So there's uh, restorative items to get your health back. Um, there are items to slow down their ATV meter. There's, I think, items to just get part of the puzzle solved for you and just do damage to the enemies and stuff like that. I have not really been using that all that much. So uh, I've, I've been trying to go through the stage without the items, but they are there if you need them. Is this like Puzzle Quest? Not really, because it's pretty linear. Well, I guess Puzzle Quest was pretty linear too, I guess. Um, yeah, it's like you go through, like each each world has like 10 stages. It looks like there's about 100 puzzles in the game. Uh, each world has about 10 stages. There's side quests you can do as well for extra currency to buy more items. Um, they'll just be like harder versions of puzzles you've already done. And uh, they might have like stipulations like, oh, okay, you have less time, like the enemies attack faster, or if you make a mistake, you fail. Okay. So normally the way it works is that each time you make a mistake in the puzzle, you take, you just get attacked immediately. You just fill their ATB meter right away. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, Again, they can still miss. Like I made mistakes and they missed, but it's it was still fine. All right. Uh, it's all right, but it's it's weird because I like I usually use Pacross to relax and just kind of chill, sure. and and this puts like actual pressure on trying to solve the puzzles because like if I don't rush through and figure out parts, I'll get attacked. Right. Right. So it's a weird like balance because I'm already at like the twenty by fifteen puzzles, like the big ones. And I'm still fighting enemies that I have to keep juggling and like figuring out whole lines. I'm just like, I this is not as exciting, like as relaxing as I wanted it to be. 
But I mean, I guess the, the argument is you have plenty of. The, That's true. Uh, this is a different experience ones. for Pacross. This is a different yeah. Pacross experience. So is it good from like, like, is it good uh, that there is something new there? Or do you just not like this format at all? I, I like it. It's just, like I said, it's a bit more stressful. So. It, it is kind of cool, though. That's cool. It makes me think of, um, did you ever play 10 million or you must build a boat? Yes. Play both of them. Yeah, that that one. Uh, those are great. Those are fantastic puzzle games. Mm. If, if anyone is looking for kind of a weird puzzle game, dungeon crawler hybrid, I would recommend those. It's on PC and, uh, and on mobile. mobile. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't fully compare them to 10 million and you must build a boat. But like, yeah, no, it's. It's fun. It, it it like the gameplay itself is just standard across, but just with with like a different element to it, basically. So, right, yeah, no, the the puzzle part is different, but just kind of the whole blending of like you have to do a puzzle while there is some kind of progression up top. People are attacking you. That that part's the is is similar. That's cool. I'm glad that worked out. Again, I just randomly found it. Did you? I was going to say, you didn't play that one Paul was playing, the anime story one? I have it, but I have not loaded it up yet, because I picked this one up instead. Okay. Yeah, I, from what he was saying, I guess that one doesn't... I guess that would have your relaxing... There's no, like, active time battle to that one. There's just a story going on as you finish each thing. I haven't yeah. played either of them. No, it, it's basically the uh, the same as uh, the cross S1, 2, and 3. Like, it's literally just that with an anime skin on it. Yeah. And then, like, narrative content in between. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'd, I'd be curious if either of you were playing both of them, which one you would recommend over the other one? Uh, well, the other one has more puzzles, so it depends on which you want more content of. Oh, uh, okay. This one doesn't have that many? It has got, this you said this it has one side looks quests. like it has a hundred. Oh, okay. Plus some side quests. Have? Uh. Th- 300 plus oh wow okay wow. but i think i think also the anime one is double the price i think like this was 11 bucks canadian but it was on sale and the anime one was like 22 canadian right all right okay cool yeah but if you want something different for, different for a pacross experience it's good uh other than that wrapped up uh mystical ninja starring goemon for game clearing on monday that was the N64 nice. uh, Goemon game, the like the Zelda-ish kind of game. Uh, it was fun, and I really got nothing else on the go right now, honestly. So you, that's all I've been playing. So you're on to N. I am on to N. Yes. Did you have you have you announced what N is? I have not announced what it? N is yet. Okay. All right. So we're going to do you know start- what it is yet already? Yeah, I I figured it out. We're going to be starting that on Monday. Cool. Exciting stuff. Uh, all right, I played a bunch of random stuff this week. I beat Full Metal Furies. Okay. I talked about this like a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, I, I, I figured it warranted bringing it up again because uh, that game kind of gets insane. So you can beat the game, and then there's another like half of the game that gets opened up to you. Oh. And and they introduce like like witness level of like insane puzzles for you to do. So um, Full Metal Furious was the one done by the Rogue Legacy devs, right? It was, yeah. And I remembered when I was playing through the first half of it, um, you know, I was playing co-op with a buddy because it's a very co-op-focused game. 
Um, we came across like an interview they did about why it kind of did so poorly. Um, kind of in comparison to Rogue Legacy. And they were talking about how they just didn't really market any of that second half of the game, which is a pretty substantial half of the game. There's these like monolith stones that you can come across that, I mean, they're like collectibles to find, but then they give you these super vague clues about where to find the other half of the stones. And some of these puzzles are are literally like, so a lot of them are you have to go on the overworld map and press like left bumper four times in this one spot and it'll open up a new path for you. Oh, <clears throat> and then there's other ones that'll be like when you die on a, on, if you die, when you're on like the continue or like retry screen, input this button code and that'll get what? you the next clue. Like it's, it's crazy how some of these levels and, and the levels of which they go of these puzzles. It's insane. We didn't like solve them all. There's no way I would do that. They're insane. I just went through a guide. Mm. Um, but that still did give us like like three new bosses to deal with and such. And, and that game gets crazy. So there, Fumetta Furious is a very weird and I think special game. Um, for just how many puzzles they put in there and then just how much this game failed commercially. Um, I will say, though, the music is great. It's a really fun game to play. Like, the Rogue Legacy developers are are talented. That's a talented team. And I hope they make another game. I hope this one didn't, like, ruin them. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on in Full Metal Furies that, like, no one really knows about. It's It's weird. Uh, after that, I played through that new chunk of Borderlands 2 DLC. The Lilith the, stuff? Yeah, the Commander Lilith something something that sets up Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of reminded me that I don't like the writing in Borderlands. Oh. Or, or most of the characters. <laughs> um... I like playing Borderlands. I like the the loot grind. I like the loop of of what you're doing. You're going out. You're doing like three missions. You come back in. And you click them all. That's fun. The skill trees are fun. There's some cool stuff in there. I just don't like it when like anyone talks really. Um, which and I'm, and because this one's coming, this one came out so close to Borderlands three. I bet I'm gonna feel pretty similarly about Borderlands three. Um. But I mean, I'm still looking forward to it. It's a good co-op game. And I do like, uh, you know, I like playing Borderlands. Uh, but man, Tiny Tina. Ugh. God, I hate that character so much. Oh, I was going to say, I can remember if you loved her or hated her. I should have remembered it was no, hate. I do, I do hate her. Why are you, are you a big Tiny Tina fan? I never got to where she was in the game. Oh, okay. Some people love Tiny Tina, and I do not understand. No, some it. people tell me Tiny Tina's Tiny Tina's DLC is the best DLC they ever did. Some people honestly I, tell me that. I definitely do remember doing it in the past, but I could not tell you a single thing about it. It's like a D and D campaign. That's all I remember about it. Yeah, I, I. It was so long ago. But I don't know. Anyway, and they did the whole like 4K updates, so Borderlands Two looks nice. Uh, I then kind of immediately looked at some Borderlands 3 trailers, and that game looks way better than Borderlands 2, so that's cool. I'm, look- I'm looking forward to playing that game. I just... I wish Tiny Tina wasn't in it. I mm-hmm. wish Claptrap wasn't in it. Are you a big Claptrap fan? 
Depends. I liked him in the first one, and then I didn't like him in the second one. I'm just so tired of, like, these characters just, like, like the punchline to every one of their joke is, like, I'm going to murder him in the face, but they're screaming it at you. That's, like, every joke. I don't know. I mean, Claptrap did have a quest about creating a blockchain for, like, Claptrap O-Currency. I don't know. It was, like, a Bitcoin reference, but it was a literal block on a chain. That one was okay. That was kind of funny. Um, yeah, actually, you know what the weirdest thing about that DLC was? This is super weird. So the achievements weren't popping up for us. Okay, whatever. Then, you know, we, we got pretty, I'd say we were about 75% done the main story content of that DLC. And one of the achievements popped for me of uh, that we should have gotten at a, at a story point about halfway through the DLC. My, my co-op buddy did not get it. Even though he was literally the one who started the mission. So hmm. we're thinking maybe just the host gets it. But it's weird that it came later. Anyway, we beat the DLC. And we were both thinking, that's kind of strange. We got like no, there's no like beat the DLC achievement. Because that's that's a pretty common thing. You get an achievement at the end. Nothing showed up. The next day, at one in the morning. <laughs> I'm just looking at my phone. Like my phone tells me when I get an achievement because I have the Xbox app. Okay. So, you know, I wake up at, you know, eight or whatever it is. And I look at my whatever notifications came in at one in the morning, the achievement unlocked my, ex- <laughs> my Xbox was turned off. <laughs> How does that even like, do you have it? Okay. I, I, I pose this question to you. How does that even happen? The only ways I can think of is that it had to connect to some server update from that 2k had and that, and they just communicated between the actual Xbox overall server and that, or and they do that when the Xbox is off, not when it's on. It could have just been like some weird delay with their servers, period. So I don't know. That does yeah. seem really stupid and weird, though, and also How, hilarious. That's so weird. That's so strange. Um, I like the idea. That, I like the idea that you're woken up in the middle of the night with like, "What the hell?" Oh, it's I did something cool hours ago. Cool. Bye. <laughs> oh, seventy points. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was I was very confused about that. <clears throat> um. Yeah, that game comes out in like what three weeks. Something like that. It's like September 12th, 21st. I think it's the 13th. Okay, maybe you're right. That That's my guess. Right. September 13th. Looking it up. You are correct. Uh, which is good, because I come back on the 10th, so I'll be here for it. I am, however, missing Gears 5, which means as soon as I come back, I got like two big games to play through. That's pretty much my That's plan like, is when I get back from PAX is to play Gears 5. Right. Um are you picking it up or are you just going to like subscribe to Game Pass? So I'm picking it, it up. I got the I already got the it pre-ordered. OK, the, does it not work out as like a better deal to just subscribe to Game Pass for like two dollars? It does. OK, but I have a physical copy of the game if anything ever happens. And I got the limited edition, which I forget what DLC that comes with. Right. Yeah, I, I don't have they announced any other DLC uh, aside from the Halo Reach I stuff. I forget. I don't think they have. I just watched all the the Gamescom stuff, and I felt like they would have mentioned it there. So I don't know if they've talked about that. Maybe they just said it'll come with some DLC, but they haven't announced what it is. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, last bit of game stuff that I can talk about that I've been playing is Doom 2016. Uh, I never finished this game. Oh. And I want to finish it by the time Eternal comes out, which is like... Sometime this fall, I don't remember when. 
Is that is that also September? I thought that was October. <clears throat> Maybe it's I don't know. I really don't know. Looking it up. <clears throat> November 22nd. November. Okay, that's fine cuz I got plenty of games coming out in September that I need to be playing, so more time the better uh i really wanted to have that finished so that i'm ready to go with doom eternal so i loaded it up and i thought should i just start over i haven't played this game in three years <laughs> there's no way i remember anything and i was like uh, let's just hit continue i'll figure it out after a little bit i was right i did not remember anything about that game um so i just knocked it down to easy and that solved all my problems and i'm going through on easy um I, yeah, I just kind of want to see it through and kind of just be able to experience that game so that I'm all good for Eternal. I actually wasn't that far into it. I remember putting about 10 hours or so into it. Um, I need to, How long is that game anyway? You didn't beat it either. You're playing on the Switch, right? Yeah, I got through the first world, basically. Yeah, I definitely got further than that. 11 and a half hours. Okay, there was no way I'm 10 hours into that game because there's no way I'm at the end of it. So I want to say I was halfway through the game all right i looked up the gears 5 thing as well and we can talk about that after you're done um i actually lost my train of thought so let's talk about gears okay uh oops uh gears has two different versions the standard edition which is what you get on game pass and the ultimate edition uh both of them Ooh, right before you go on you can get the ultimate edition on game pass if you have game pass ultimate Oh, which is which is the PC and Xbox one. OK, so whichever tier you have gets you that tier. Anyway, continue. Uh, it looks like they both, no matter what, come with the Terminator DLC. Uh, yeah, Terminator Dark Fate character pack, uh, a seven day boost, which uh, looks like it ups the rate that you unlock extras like new weapon skins, new character skins for multiplayer, etc. And it okay. comes with the Vector Lancer <coughs> weapon skin, which is a pre-order bonus. But the Ultimate Edition also comes with a 30-day bonus of boost and the Halo Reach character pack. I'm I'm going to say, personally, I don't think that's a great uh, Yeah, actually, incentive. I, I'm with you on that. Like, if, if you're into Halo Reach, that's cool. But, like, extra experience, that's, like, that's pretty lame. That's almost up there with, like, concept art. Mm. <clears throat> I'm I'm assuming you get like a, a like a steel book. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's something. But in game, let's say I don't know. I don't know about that. You do get to, you get it early, right? You get uh, it like four days early you're or supposed something. Supposed to anyways. You're supposed to get a code that lets you play the game four days early. Yeah, I think it's the sixth and then the tenth. That if I'm remembering those dates correctly, right? Because I think I think I remember it being like the day I get back, I have access to gears. Although I have I have Game Pass Ultimate, so that'll be four days of me missing Gears. Gears 5 comes out uh, September 10th, so yeah, that, you're right. It would be September 6th, four days early. Right on. Oh yeah, Gears Pop it's, came out today. I meant to actually try, try that out. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually expecting you to talk about that because I saw you were interested in it. It's been out in New Zealand for a while. Apparently it came out like last night or something for us. I just forgot. As to someone grab who it. doesn't care about Clash Royale, yeah. I didn't care about it. And then I learned you can get achievements <laughs> in Gears Pop. And I was like, I'll download a free game for some achievements. I'm not above that. Um, so I will play some Gears Pop. Okay, there you go. Um anyway, yeah, Doom. Doom's great. 
I mean, we've talked about Doom a bunch, and I'm just getting ready for Doom Eternal. Sweet. So, uh, that's a yeah, having a good time with that one. Uh, and then you know, just Fire Emblem, just more Fire Emblem. Fire, yeah, Fire. I'm like 32 hours into that game. Oh my god. Uh, so I think I'm halfway through it. That's disgusting. The it is so easy. That game is so easy that it's almost. I'm almost upset with how easy it is. Oh, because it is like diminishing several different parts about it. Like there is no longer a reason for me to do any of the support stuff besides kind of just wanting to like see those like conversations. But like in terms of um, increasing my character's like weapon stats, I have no reason to do that. They're already all maxed out and they're all the class I want them to be. So teaching them is irrelevant at this point. So that the whole part about bringing them into class and, and teaching them that way, I don't care to do that anymore because they're, they're the class I want them to be at. Um, I can't recruit anyone else into my house. I'm past the time skip. So after, the, you know, it's kind of known now there's a time skip. And at that point, you can't recruit anyone into your house anymore. Mm. So trying to get new people, that's off the table. Um. There's no point increasing like my sword proudness because I'm all, I'm incredibly strong, so making them better fighters is is not needed because I'm destroying every single mission, which also means choosing battle as like my free time and doing side quests makes me even stronger. So it actually diminishes my enjoyment of the main story more if I do side quests. The only side quests I'm really doing are the like paralogs because there's like kind of there's some story content in there. You get some more backstory on characters. But again, it makes my characters even stronger, which I do not need right now. Um, and yeah, so just kind of overall, like. I, I wish you could change the difficulty mid game so badly because it's just too easy and I have like I keep I keep having at the beginning, you're like spending your time on your free day very specifically like you only have so many uses of it as you get become like a better professor your professor level goes up you get more opportunities to do stuff on your day off and i keep just skipping them because it's like i i don't there's nothing i really want to do and i don't need to do anything like i could have lunch with this person but i don't need their support class up because i don't need them to be able to do more damage when they're beside each other because i already do too much damage when they're not beside each other I don't know. People ask what difficulty you're playing on. I'm playing on normal. Everyone's playing on normal because no one knew it was this easy until they were 15 hours into the game. <laughs> I'm not yeah, restarting. I heard a lot of people say hard was the way to play if you wanted to actually have a bit of a challenge. Right. I did hear that. But again, people were learning that when everyone was already 15 hours into the game. Like, who's going to restart a 60 hour game? You'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, anyway, still playing that. To a lot and forever uh but that's that's it that's those are the games from me uh so let's talk about some news because a bunch happened specifically gamescom all right cool did you follow any of the live streams by any chance no all right there was three main live streams <clears throat> uh and we can just kind of go through actually three was there three or four there was four if you include the Nintendo Indie one. 
which we that's what we'll start with. Uh, I actually didn't watch this one. I just kind of got the highlights because this was on at six in the morning. Yeah, I missed time, this one too. And I, I'm not getting up for that. Actually, that's not true. I was awake at six in the morning because I had to cover the Xbox one at seven thirty at eight. It was at eight. Um, all right. The big takeaways. Super hot is coming to switch. It's already out. Yep. You're right. Came out the exact day. Yep. It, I remember seeing tweets early on that it got an update before it was even announced. Yeah, which is hilarious. Somehow people were able to saw that. I also saw that I guess this is like one of the first times it's been in Australia or on a console in Australia or something like that. Um, so they have to be like, wait, does that mean we can now get it on PS4? Like the de- like there's some confusion about like, is it allowed there or not now? Hmm. I don't know. I didn't look into it too much. <clears throat> uh, Ori in the Blind Forest also out on Switch now. Nope, not yet. And that game. What? September. I thought they both came out that day. September. Hotline Miami okay. collection was the other thing that came out that day. Okay, I know there was. I knew there was two. Ori is September or October. I forget which. September twenty seventh. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm looking further into this article. Ori's fantastic. Uh, a game called Eastward, which is Chucklefish. I think I've seen this before. Yeah, it kind of looks like Stardew Valley a bit. <coughs> uh, yeah, we were talking super hot. I have no idea what the tourist is, but they showed that. Uh, and then some other big ones. Risk of Rain 2 coming to the Switch, which I'm excited about. I'm curious if it can even run that game because uh, there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, they had a montage showing a bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, Torchlight 2, Cat, Cat Quest 2, Trine 4, What the Golf, Munchkin, Quacked Quest, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, we, co- we covered kind of the big stuff there. Uh, and then moving on to the Inside Xbox event. Nothing really big here. They showed some more Ghost Recon Breakpoint stuff. Talked about new Metro DLC. Showed some Blair Witch. Uh, kind of the big thing was talking about and revealing for the first time Horde Mode for Gears 5. Uh, which looks really good. Um... Did you by any chance look this up? Uh, which one? The Horde mode stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the Horde trailer. And uh, it looks like everyone has supers now. Yeah. That was one of the things. Each character has a special ability. So, like, one guy can shoot through walls. Which looked cool. Um, uh, JD had, like, airstrikes. The main, What's the main girl's name? Ka- Kate? Uh, Kat. I think it's pronounced Kat, Kat, but it's spelled Kate. She can turn invisible. Which is cool. And then did you see the stuff with Jack? Yeah. What was Jack? Oh, yeah. Hijacking like uh, the enemies. That's that's the alt. But someone you can play as Jack, in which case you like fly around the map. You can like stun enemies. You can give power ups to your teammates. You can repair things like you're this big like. Yeah, I I missed the part where you were you could play as Jack. I thought you was just like a support thing. You could summon as JD or or like or Marcus. No, they were like Jack is a playable character. People are you're going to need a Jack. Jack is super useful for a team. That's amazing. Like, I assume he can't attack like he's just he's all support. I I don't like I said, he was like stunning enemies. Um, Someone put down like a hologram. I can't remember if Jack did that or if that was a different character who did that. Uh, but he can also, his ultimate is hijack where he can take over an enemy and then you just play as that enemy for a bit. That sounds awesome. Honestly, I, I hadn't, I hadn't fully looked into that. That sounds awesome. The Jack thing does sound cool. Uh, I'm excited for gears 
five, the horde mode. I, I have a lot of good experiences with horde mode. Likely we'll do uh, what we did last time and you and I will play around and then we'll get to the end and then you'll get disconnected somehow. Is that what happened? Yeah, we got the round like 47 of 50 and you got disconnected and we had to finish it without you. I didn't come back in. You weren't able to. Your Internet went down or something. Yeah, no, this sounds familiar. I thought I maybe. Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember if I came back in or not, but I do remember us getting really close after a few hours of this. Yeah, geez. Um, I am definitely down to play some Horde with you for sure. I love Horde. Um, Yeah, that should be fun. Uh, they showed some Gears Pop stuff. I don't even remember what that was. Uh, moving on, Stadia had a really short stream, and honestly, I wasn't watching it because I was working. Uh, I don't under- I don't think any big news came out of this except Cyberpunk's coming to Stadia, uh, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the big one, the uh, Jeff Keighley hosted his opening night live, the big two hour long live stream to kick off Gamescom. Uh, this one was pretty exciting. Um, I guess let's just start with the showstopper. Did you follow any of the Death Stranding news that came out of this? I looked at some of like the tweets that Wario was putting out. Yeah, so you can pee in the game. Yeah, if you keep being in the same spot, meter. you can you can grow mushrooms. Yeah, if you pee when you pee, it grows a mushroom, and if other players pee in the same spot, it'll grow a bigger mushroom. I don't know why. Jeff Keighley's also in the game. Yeah. He's a character. Because uh, of course he is. What else was happening? The one lady, she had like a ghost baby because the the baby was in a different dimension. Yeah. But if she stayed in this building, she could still like. Connect touch to the it. ghost baby. Yeah. Somehow still so she can never leave. I don't know, man. You I don't, You can pee and there's a meter. And then when you're done peeing, he says, tank's empty, as you watch that meter go down. <laughs> I don't know what this game is. Every time they show something about this game, I feel like they answer one question, and then they ask three new questions. That's that's the way Kojima should be. I'm excited to play this. I'm I'm so curious. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, we gotta play it. You have to. This is one of the biggest mysteries in games, as far as I'm concerned. Uh... All right, what else did he announce? Does this thing does this thing break down everything he announced? They showed uh, some more story stuff for Gears 5, uh, which I could not remember at all. I guess they showed some Call of Duty stuff. Comanche? Do you have any attachment to the Comanche series? The what? I guess it's an old helicopter game from like 20 years ago. They're bringing it back. Comanche? I can think of some old helicopter series, but I can't think of Comanche. Well, I'm looking that up now. I, I mean, I I have no attachment to it. I didn't know what it was, but some people were like, yeah, it's like an old game. Uh, they showed some more Need for Speed Heat, which uh, I guess there's going to be some kind of when when the sun sets, the racers get harder and stuff. I, I don't have no idea what to think about this Need for Speed game. It kind of came out of nowhere. They announced Little Nightmares 2. Uh, showed some Monster Hunter, showed some more Borderlands 3, showed FIFA, Destiny 2. They showed a game that's already out uh, called Erica, an interactive thriller, which is like some FMV game on PS4 that seems kind of interesting. Uh, so I'm definitely curious about that. They announced Kerbal Space uh, Program 2, which that's cool. Uh, first trailer for Life is Strange Episode 4, which I think comes out 
It's not tomorrow, is it? See, I wanted to say the 24th. Let's see, what do we got? Life is Strange, Season 2, Episode 4. Is that today? That might be out by now. Today's the 22nd. I'm, yeah, it says 22nd on uh on Steam. I might That might be what I'm doing after this show. Which game was this again? This was Life is Strange 2, Episode 4. Ah, uh, yeah, that was supposed to be pretty soon. So it probably is. Yep. Uh, and yeah, they like I said, they finished with the Death Stranding. That was definitely the biggest stuff. <clears throat> uh, and that was that was basically like the big live streams for Gamescom. Uh, so I, I would say more interesting than the past Gamescoms for me. I never really followed Gamescom, uh, but they seem to be putting kind of more more of a presence there now with what with the live streams and whatnot. So that is cool. Uh, next news story is, is that Hades, the super giant game, uh, which I love, um, Epic Game Store exclusive. In fact, it was the first game on the store. It was the one that was announced with when the Epic Game Store was announced back at yeah. the Game Awards. Is coming to Steam December 10th. Still early access, apparently, though. Still early access. Uh, the Steam page mentions that the full game is expected or planned to come in the second half of 2020. So still quite a ways off, uh, but that game's already great as is. So this, you know, whatever version they put out there on steam will be really good when that does come out. I can't re- recommend Hades enough. Uh, this probably got you excited. The Yakuza collection was officially announced. Yeah. Uh, and three's already out there. Did you get it? Not yet. Are you no. going to play it, uh, but I will. So, Are you caught up? Uh, well, no, I have to play through three, four, and five, but I'm ready for three. That's what I meant. Are you caught up? Like, can you start three, or do you have I to finish, I can start like, three two? right now, yeah. So we started three on the PS3, but apparently it was a different translation, so a bunch of the characters have different names and a couple other things to it, and there's a bunch of cut content. Apparently this version of the game has all the cut content, has the newer translation to go along with the previous Yakuza games that were on PS4, and it's just generally considered better. So, yeah, we'll be playing through this one. Right. Um, so they're going to come out all digitally and then there's going to be a full collection yep. of three, four and five. Yep. Uh, once they're all available, uh, three is already out. came out the day this was announced on the 20th, two days yep. ago. Four is, is October, October 29th and five is February 11th, I believe. Yep. And like you said, it has everything with it. Uh, I guess if you buy the physical version, it comes with a PS3 box for Yakuza Five. Yeah, because that never came to the states. So now, if you want, it, if you it want came to the states, but digital only. So this is to have a physical case because all the other ones. Yeah, yeah for like collectors, yeah. if you want a physical, which is collection. it's kind of a nice touch, to be honest. Oh no, I I agree for sure, for sure. Are you think you're going to finish three by the time four is out? Probably, yeah. Trips wow, after so after packs the trips are going to be winding down a bit. So, okay, so you have some free time. Yeah, right on. On a sadder note, GameStop and it being the parent company for Game Informer uh, laid off a whole bunch of people this week. Uh, I know a bunch of people at my office were like, "Geez, this is crazy." These are some huge names in the in the industry. Um, no one I recognize. Then again, I never followed Game Informer. I wasn't a Game Informer person, so. 
that, but I understand it was around a hundred employees, over a hundred people yeah. from both GameStop and Game Informer themselves. Um, I was see- seeing some people uh, saying like, well, you know, GameStop's kind of going down. And if GameStop is a huge chunk of your revenue for Game Informer, that w- it would just kind of make sense. sense if Game yeah. Informer is going down as well. Uh, so shout outs to those people. Good luck. No, I'm sure they'll get jobs, but it just, it sucks that it happens and any layoff sucks. Oh yeah, for sure. GameStop's a weird thing that is dying for sure. It will not be around for much longer. Uh, Apple Arcade, the Apple games subscription service announced a little while back has announced what the pricing will be. Uh, Or I guess they haven't announced it, but the report came out saying that it's going to be $5 a month after a free one month trial. So you'll get your first month free basically. And then it is $5 a month for whatever games they put on the arcade. I think this is an all right price. If the games are good, I probably would not want to pay more than this myself. Um, also these games aren't even exclusive. Like they have the pathless on there, but that's coming to PC. <clears throat> and I'm assuming the pathless would have been a $5 game on the phone. So I, I mean, if they have like one good $5 game, like if I'm getting something out of it, really, then maybe I would subscribe, but I can't see this being good month after month. Even like the Twitch prime games got pretty like whatever after a few months yeah um and i just i don't buy a ton of like really great phone games often enough to spend five dollars a month it's usually like there's maybe three a year that i would be like yeah these games were awesome on my phone so i guess we'll see so also like if some of these games if you don't even need the subscription to get them then i don't even see why you would subscribe but who knows uh, what this will be? I don't even know when it's out. I don't know if they have a release date. Uh, they're saying it's likely going to go live on September 10th, uh, which makes sense because Apple is expected to hold a special event to announce new phones on that date. So I would. So it's probably going hand in hand with that. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered got a release date of September 3rd for PS4, Xbox, Switch, and Steam. So, people who are excited about that, 20 bucks. You can pre-order it now already or pre-purchase it, whatever. I've never played eight. I don't know. I don't have much to say about that. Uh, eight's, eight's a, it's a different beast, honestly. Uh, you either really love it or you hate it. There's, that one's... Yeah, some people really like eight. It's very different compared to like seven and nine. I've tried multiple times to get through this game and it stopped me every time. So I'm curious if this will be the time that it gets me or if I'm just going to skip on this again. Uh, okay, this next one, uh, I don't know if you watched this in television trailer. If not, you should. I don't know if you even can with the streaming um, or with like with our host in the podcast. Uh but there's a trailer out for the Intellivision Amico, the a Gamescom 2019 trailer. I still can't believe this is a, a thing that's happening. Tommy Tallarico, real excited. Well, because he owns uh, the company. Off. He does, yeah. 
Uh, this whole thing is just weird. Uh, I'm looking at the trailer, but I have to have sound off, obviously. Yeah, I, there's nothing. It's just like music for the most part. It's him like talking about how we're going to bring families together like the way it should be. Local games, having fun, something, something, whatever. Simple. It doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it's the word simple. Affordable. It's just flying around here on screen. Family. This thing is coming out October 10th. I don't know if we had a release date yet. I don't believe so. Oh, October 10th, 2020. 2020. Oh, you're right. It is 2020. So not for Game a while. library. Ooh. Yeah, they tease 17 games. Which some of them look all right. And then some of them look like this could just be absolute like garbage flash game. Yeah. All games are exclusive and only on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these are mostly takes on like Atari classic games. Like, I mean, there's like asteroids on there. Um, that last that last one looked like Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. Oh my god, it are did. they do are they doing an Echo the Dolphin game? That'd be ridiculous. I don't know, man. Do, this are you gonna get one of these? Uh, how, they haven't said how much it is. How much would you pay for one of these? Uh, under 80 bucks. I think there's no way it's under 80 bucks. I know it won't be. I still said it though. Two wireless controllers. It comes with games as well. Yeah, I guess that's not a big deal like the mini consoles do. I bet this thing... Man, do you... Does, do you think they would sell this for $200? God, I hope not. Dude, that's dead in the water. I'm just trying to think like 17 games for 200 bucks. Well, didn't they also say like all the uh, ne- like the next games are going to be between like 5 and 8 dollars or something like that I or like 2 and 8 dollars? I don't remember. Which makes me think are they 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 must be like phone quality games and it's like I already have a phone. But you can play these with your family. I can play Fortnite on my phone with my family. I don't know. I'm going to guess this thing comes in at $150. Give or take 20 bucks. Because I could see it being anywhere between 130 to 170 Hmm. That's my guess. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Also, who wants this? Who who wants Tommy this? Tommy Tallarico, obviously. Well, I mean, he has to want it. He's like you said, he's the CEO. But like, honestly, who is this for? He just really wanted to bring back in television, I guess. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Who's who's the fan out there that's like, I loved in television. Give me that again. Like, I don't think that person exists. I think they're playing something else right now. Anyway, uh, Somniac bought Insomniac. Sorry, did I say Somniac? I did. Yep. Sony bought Insomniac Games, uh, which seems I, like a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised this didn't happen sooner, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, too. I wonder what kind of pushed them over the edge, whether it's like Microsoft buying a whole bunch of stuff or Spider-Man doing so well. I've, but you're right. I figured they would have just done it a lot sooner. Do they own Naughty Dog? No. So Naughty Dog could put out a game elsewhere? 
Uh, is Naughty Dog independent? Is I my question. I think they're still considered independent. I'm looking it up. Oh no, they're marked as first party. So that so Sony does own Naughty Dog then. Okay. Yeah, parent company Sony Interactive Entertainment, 2001 to present. Okay. Yeah, weird that in Insomniac hadn't been getting purchased. I mean, the last few years, uh, apart from. Uh, Spider-Man, obviously, they've been doing like a lot of like uh, Oculus games, like VR games. Uh, obviously, they did um, Sunset Riders for the three uh, for the Xbox One and the PC. So they haven't been exclusive to Sony forever, but they've been just heavily focused on Sony. Yeah, Night Dog uh-huh. in two thousand one was purchased. So, the, but the thing is, like, thinking back about like Insomniac. I only remember them doing one non Sony game and that was fuse. I think it was called. Well, like I just said, they did uh, sunset overdrive oh, for the Xbox and the PC. That was them. Yeah. And most recently outside of Spider-Man, they've been doing a lot of VR games on like Oculus. Mm. Huh? Um, so it's not unheard of, but again, like 90% of their portfolio is Sony exclusive games. What with the Ratchet and Clank series and whatnot. And some of their games they did were multi-plat, like Song of the Deep, which I didn't realize was them. Right, that that was the GameStop game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, developer Insomniac, I didn't realize that. Yep, I remember that now. Yes, that's right. A weird trajectory, but uh, I'm sure this is good for them because they probably just got a whole buttload of money. Um even though I'm sure they were going to get it anyways, because of course there's going to be a Spider-Man 2. The interesting thing is they still have one Windows game on like their wiki right now that's coming out in the future. Stormland, unless that already came out this year. I don't believe that has come out. Uh, it's probably something where they're like, they'll you you can like um, honor existing commitments, but then going forward, it's uh, it'll be first party stuff. I know Microsoft's doing that for a lot of the uh, uh companies they just purchased like obsidian has what is it is it journey to the savage planets no outer worlds uh and that's multi-platform uh psychonauts 2 is obviously multi-platform um so they're probably just like gonna wrap up those contracts and then anything new will be first party Um, all right, this next one's just a real small one. I'm a big fan of Cat Quest, and Cat Quest 2 got a release date for September 24th. Nice. I mentioned it earlier with the Nintendo uh, indie stream, but Cat Quest 1 is really good. I was going to ask, is it should... worth playing? I've never never played it. I would recommend it. I even played the phone version, and that was real good, so I know it's on Switch as well and PC. Cat Quest is just a fun, pretty light-hearted game. Uh, this next one was sent in on discord so i don't fully know it but this headline is everything what (laughs) you 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 read it then corn as in the band corn is playing a live concert in adventure quest 3d later this month and there is a picture to go with this that i'm trying to process what the hell this is uh looks like a, a guy who has cables for dreadlocks just kind of rocking out on a stage. He's got a skull face. Interesting. 
this has to be like a direct like this is done because because Fortnite has concerts in their oh game, we, right? we missed this this was two days ago august 20th oh really i assumed it was a I just read the headline. It said later this month. I didn't realize later this month was five days after the writing of this article. Uh, so I guess this happened. Footage of Korn's virtual video game concert available. Oh my god. I am looking at pictures. Is this, there, is this yeah, on like no, YouTube? No, yeah. It, there, there's footage. Yo, shoot me a link. Alright, here. I'm going to put the article in, in the, our chat room. There you go. Okay. Oh my god. Uh I don't know if I can show this. But I do want you to I do want you watching the VOD to actually see some of this. This is this is what I am seeing right now. I'm gonna cover up our feed with this. It's basically what you ever like everything you would expect. It's basically what I, I, I would expect this to be done in World of Warcraft. This looks like World of Warcraft did this. I can't keep that on screen for very long. But yeah, uh, actual corn music going along with that, presumably. I didn't realize Adventure Quest was still a thing. Apparently, this is a, yeah, a new thing. I haven't played Adventure Quest. It's in early access, apparently. Okay. So is 3D a new thing, I guess? I guess. It says early access. That's the article I saw. I, I played Adventure Quest like probably 15 years ago if not more yeah free to play on steam Um, although it's in early access again i bet this is because fortnite does concerts uh so they were like well i mean we could do that too and then who's who's available get corn apparently corn Just hilarious that they even did it. That's amazing. Holy shit. Gaming to me is a religion and haze is the shit. Yeah, I love that line. That's that's everything I know about corn. Anyway, that's the thing. You can look up footage of that if you uh if that piques your interest. And that does it for the news section, so let's do some questions. If you want to send in a question, it is topdownperspective at gmail.com at TDP Podcast on Twitter the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. This first one comes in from Conqueror and says, Hey guys, resident StarCraft fan here. With GSL versus the world ending on the early hours of Sunday, where both finalists weren't Korean, what game that was dominated by a specific nationality for a majority of its life start to change? Um, There's been talk about Tekken changing lately. Apparently, uh, like... Areas like Peru have a big Tekken scene and a bunch of like top tier players are coming out of there now. I know Brazil does have a very big video game market now. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think about like what games even have kind of like a foothold where they're known as this is that the place for that game. I could think of like Eve Online with Iceland. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's a that's a thing up there. I mean, that doesn't answer the question. I'm just trying to think of, you know, step one. I I'm, I wish they had written in with the nationality of the people who were in the finals. 
I guess I could look up who who GSL and the world are. Well, I mean, GSL, I'm pretty sure is like Global Starcraft League or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, Global Starcraft 2 League. That's literally what it means. Do you know where they're like based out of? Uh, No, I'm trying to look it up here. GSL versus the world grand finals. I just found the team names. I just don't, I don't have their location. No, um, it was in Korea, apparently Seoul. Uh, that is definitely like a North American team. It almost looks like. Okay. I can't find actual listings of where they're from. So I might be wrong on that, but interesting yeah I, I i don't have a good answer for this question right. uh would you like to take this one from yogurt sapien sure i'm sorry i'm just still looking this up too trying to figure this out all right uh next one comes from yogurt sapien who says there's always talks in the community about voting with your wallet when it comes to shitty business practices example loot boxes but what about other shitty things that devs or publishers do for example, I've been seeing people on Twitter still boycotting all THU Nordic games because of the 8chan thing or CD Projekt Red over the did you assume my gender joke on Twitter. Should we also be upset and advocating to vote with our wallet over this or does it get a pass because it isn't in the game itself? Um, and that's a tough one. I, I think you should still advocate and vote with your wallet. Like, why not? I, this comes down to the whole like can you divorce a creator from the content they've made? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a thing that you're gonna have to decide for yourself. Like, let's say you like a movie, but you know, the director is like a sexist or something. Can you, should, should you like dislike that movie? I was gonna say Quentin Tarantino still has a career. So, um, for sure he does. Uh, I think if, if you feel strongly, uh yeah i mean it's you're not gonna hurt the game's feelings by not buying it <laughs> yeah so, at the end of the day it depends on if you feel strongly enough about that then you should do it yeah and you have to think about where is your message being sent yeah um but, i mean the other and problem it, and it's going to go to the developer they right? also the developer also has to know that's why you're doing that which is the thing like they could see teach you nordic's weird because they're mainly re-releasing their old games or like remastering their old games before back when they were just THU because this is a different company THU Nordic uh so showing them that you're not buying their stuff because of the 8chan thing I mean you kind of have to tell them that because if a game sells bad they'll just assume oh they read the situation wrong and I I didn't even know about the CD Projekt Red thing I've heard I've heard other reasons to get angry at CD Projekt Red such as like their crunch things sure for sure yeah and I mean that that's almost that's not that's another conversation like i remember when telltale came out they obviously they didn't do anything like negative in in the industry or or from like a uh, like a hate crime perspective they just had some higher ups do some shitty business practices um and i remember people asking them like hey do you still want people to like buy the walking dead after what happened you know, you know, the money's just going to go to these people who tanked the company. And the developers are like, yeah, you know, we still worked hard on that game. I want people to see the work I put into it. Yeah. So there's that side of it, too. Um, keep in mind, like, the thing with THQ Nordic is 
if you're not going to buy whatever the next Saints Row is, that's not going to teach like the one guy who probably caused that A-chan thing to happen a lesson. Um, so there is, there is again, where's your message going? Uh, and even with you bringing up the whole like, you know, they're doing all these things. They're not putting out a lot of games. I guess if enough people were voting with their wallet and stopped just buying those games, then eventually it would cause a shift. But that would take a long time. They'd have to go through a number of like failures before they kind of see like people don't want our games, basically. Um, I think it's going to come down to more of like, what are you comfortable doing? Are you okay with giving money to the corporation that was tied to whatever incident this was? Yeah, there, there's nuances to this, which I hate. I would rather it was just a black and white, like, yeah, don't. But is it, like, the community manager who deserves to get yelled at? Is it the company completely, like that 8chan thing, which honestly does bother me? But THQ also puts out games that a lot of people like. It's, it's. <clears throat> I hate that it's just not a simple Right, yes and again, no. and is a huge company, and... You know, I remember hearing stories of like small developers like I'm about to announce my game and my publisher's THQ and this just happened. Yeah. Like they're so far removed from that happening. Yeah. But guess what? They are under the umbrella. Sucks. That's awful. Yeah. Like it's you know, it's it's so hard to be like, well, I'm just boycotting everything THQ when it's not like it was not their fault. Um, I I think it's going to it's a personal thing on your on yourself. You're just gonna have to be like. I feel okay giving money and yes, it might end up in this guy's pocket, but hopefully most of it ends up in this guy's pocket or, or doesn't who, I don't know. You're, it is is a decision you have to make for yourself. Yeah. And it sucks too thinking with like on a counter of that, like it sucks thinking like, Oh, I'm going to boycott this company. But by doing this, I have made sure that this smaller dev studio no longer gets to make what they love because of shitty person working at publisher. So it's, it's, there's more nuance to it than I like, personally. Yeah. The, uh, the, I th- yeah. I think in scenarios like this, I've heard what are ways you can try and, like, support, like, feel good about how you're supporting, making sure your money goes the right way. Yeah. And a lot of indie developers that, you know, they have, like, uh, coffee websites yeah. where you can, Things like, like that give, are, them, are great. give them money t- directly. Or they might have a Patreon or something like that. So... I, I feel like an an easy way to feel good about where your dollar is going. I, I have even heard of looking people, into specifically. I've even heard of people specifically ahead. like uh, <clears throat> pirating the game and then just giving the monetary equivalent to directly to the studio through things like that. So, which is yeah, which is and, a weird and, gray and it's area, a little weird. but also it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean most most developers will at least smaller developers you'll be able to go to their specific website and then you don't need to like buy it through steam or whatever let's say you had an issue with steam Mm. you can buy it like directly from them or maybe you can buy it on like itchy itchio i don't know stuff like that Uh, i would say that if if it's something you feel strongly about then you're probably the kind of person who is willing to do the legwork of making sure you're putting your money where it should go and there are definitely ways to do that I will read this next one from Sarcasm. I recently played through a visual novel where, shortly after solving a dire puzzle, a character passes away. After completing the game, I was surprised to learn that a different character could pass away instead and still continue the story without any major changes, but only if the players or if the player actively does not solve the puzzle. 
Are there any other games that offer a unique canonical experience for failing to do what the game asks of you? To reiterate, this isn't like a moral choice. This is a challenge given to the player that they must not overcome. I mean, Chrono Trigger has something kind of like that where you can choose whether or not to like bring back a character or you can remove or you can just kill off another character. There's like small options like that, which in the plot still moves on. Sure. Uh, like a bunch. I think a lot of RPGs kind of do things like that or like visual novels like they mentioned. Uh, Nier has a pretty big choice at the end of the credits, uh, which I'm not going to say here. Uh, but you have to do something pretty unconventional if you want to kind of like, I don't know, I guess that would be the cano- canonical ending is you have to do something pretty weird to your own game. And that's about as much I'll say to that. So yeah, Nier Automata is a good example for that. Other games where you have to fail. You know what? I just kind of hate in general bosses that you have to fail on. Yeah. Unless it's obvious uh, that you have to lose. Yeah, if it's obvious, that's fine. Um, but I remember specifically Devil May Cry had like a few of these like right off the bat, which was just they're just kind of annoying. Like, just make this a cutscene. Like, what's the point of me failing a fight? I guess it's to feel like really powerless. I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, next up, we've got from I am 3D Homer. What do you or who do you think the best protagonist in a video game is both as a character on their own and for how their character motivation aligns with the player's desires or maybe how it purposefully doesn't on those same grounds? Who are some of the worst protagonists you've played as? Uh, I always, I always really like Nathan Drake, honestly. This is something about he was a very likable character despite being a thief. Right. I mean, there is there is the issue of like the whole this belongs in a museum. So I'm going to take it away from this shrine that all the people left it here for because it, it it should be seen specifically like Shadow of the Tomb Raider had this pretty bad where it's like because Laura Croft does that she like dooms the whole world mm. and she ends up being like a really unlikable character. That's a weird game. Um, outside of that though, yeah, he's a pretty likable character, especially like in four when he's like a dad. Uh, yeah, he's pretty down to earth and whatnot. Does, does Link count because he's such an empty vessel? Like the only characteristic he has is good. Like all he, he's just good and brave. The character, you know what I mean? I can't think of a personality for Link. Because that's a character that you have to put your personality into. Right. Like, Link's personality is that he's brave. He's a brave boy. That's pretty much it. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's just a vessel of of good. He just does the good thing and save the day. Same with, like, Mario. Like, there's, like, no personality there. Yeah. Um... So I feel like they wouldn't count because that's not even that's not an interesting answer. I mean, like, they are protagonists, kind of, though. Like you got to keep in mind, a lot of games yeah. have silent protagonists just for that exact reason. You know, I'm going to say, and and you didn't finish the game. I'm going to say Joel from The Last of Us. Okay. Um, because there is like a, it's 
there's a choice that he makes at the end of that first game that you would think would have been like a choice they would have given the player, but they, Joel just makes it. And it's a pretty like decisive uh, option choice he's given. And, it, and it's pretty interesting. And I think that made him so much more like likable and, and real uh, as a character. And if you played last of us, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I think that's a pretty good example. Uh, how about some of the worst, if we can't think any more of the best? Hmm. Uh, just an unlikable character. It's got to be... The hard part is it has to be a pr- protagonist. And usually people don't make unlikable protagonists. I mean, I guess I just mentioned the Laura Croft one in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. She's an extremely unlikable protagonist. What about... I didn't play this. What about Lollipop Chainsaw? How's that protagonist? Eh. She's really bubbly and kind of annoying, but she's also kind of grounded a bit by the uh, her boyfriend that she has on her belt. Right, the zombie head, right? Well, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I wasn't sure how annoying she was. I knew she seemed a bit annoying, so that's that's kind of why I brought her up. I'm trying to think of any any time I was just like, I just don't like the character I'm playing. Like, I don't like what they do or how they talk. I'm surprised nothing's coming to mind. Someone in the chat says Bubsy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? There you go. That's an unlikable protagonist that keeps getting yeah, games for some reason. Um, at this point, there's a lot of the characters from apex legends that I really don't like hearing anymore. Hmm. Um, Again, I don't even know if that counts as like a protagonist, though, because they're just like random characters. We got Kyle Hyde from Hotel Dusk. I don't remember enough about. Yeah, I barely him. remember Hotel I played, Dusk. Wow. I played that so long ago. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what's a good protagonist now that we're kind of talking about visual novels. Um, Phoenix Wright. He's pretty great. Yep. And he goes and he he definitely has like an arc and he changes as the games go on. He's a pretty good protagonist for sure. All right, last question comes in from Bakesler. I've always wanted, <clears throat> I've always been wanting to try getting into fighting games, but I always have the same experience trying them out for a few minutes. I suck at them. And the fact that most of them have all these movesets to learn for each character kind of scares me away from ever wanting to play fighting games in general. What are some fighting games you guys would recommend for newcomers like me? And just so you know, Smash Bros. doesn't apply to this question. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 has a shockingly good tutorial mode. Yeah, it it also lets you add the combos on the screen while you're fighting for the whole match, which is super useful. I love that feature. Dive kick is really easy. Yeah, dive kick's real fun. Pretty simple, but like fun. Difficult. Um, I'm trying to remember what. Is it a- you know, Dr- Dragon Ball Fighters was pretty easy because everyone had like very similar combos. Yeah, the the inputs for for Dragon Ball Fighters are pretty simple, and you could you can do some really cool looking moves just by hitting X over and over again. Yeah, like it'll do a pretty cool chain. I was gonna say Arc System works. Uh, some of their games have either pretty good tutorials or they're pretty simple. Dragon Ball Fighters doesn't have the best tutorial. Honestly, I no, think it's kind of no, bad, no, but uh, it is pretty easy to pick up and pretty simple. 
but it's also very fast paced, which if you're new to fighting games might throw you off. And it is a tag game, which adds a whole other level of like, oh, I need to be juggling three people now. Like, oof, that's difficult for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it was the, <clears throat> the latest Guilty Gear or the latest Blaze Blue also has a pretty good tutorial. So one of those. I'm not a huge fighting game guy myself, and I'm just trying to think of the ones I got into. I always had a pretty easy time with Soul Calibur. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was primarily Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat. Dragon Ball Fighters, mainly the whole Dragon Ball angle on it. I I will still like throw drag or sorry Mortal Kombat 11 out there because again, a lot of people were praising that tutorial mode. It teaches you like the jargon that people in the fighting game community use, and it teaches you things like spacing, like combo setups. Like it is surprisingly good for a tutorial. Right. I don't know if I'd say that it's like great for like beginners, just because it's it'll get deep with you. But it's definitely like if you are willing to put the commitment in, like it'll teach you everything you need to know. But even like I think of myself, it's like I I'm never going to I never want to get to a level where I need to worry about how many frames this punch does. Yeah. And and Mortal Kombat 11, it'll tell you that. And which is which some people are going to want that. But it's other, on the other hand, it's just like I'm not going to engage with any of this because I do not need that. No, thank you. Um, but yeah, there's a few. That's going to do it for questions. If you want to send in questions for next week, it is top down perspective at gmail.com at TDP podcast on Twitter, the discord channel or, jo- or John's PO box. What's your game of the week? I guess uh, that Picto game I'm playing Picto quest. And I'm going to give it for, for I'm going to give it to full metal furies because I am done with that game. And that was a weird slog. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the show next week. John won't be here because he'll be in packs. Yep. But Paul will be back. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, tomorrow I will put up the poll. If you are a $10 tier, you have tonight to submit. And I guess tomorrow morning, briefly, you to submit what game you want on the poll. So get ahead, get going with that. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Later. Bye, guys.